Welcome back to Yollywood. Sal, we finally did it. <laughs> yes. We watched Mouse Hunt. <laughs> I have been begging Brett to watch this movie for... It's been a while now. It's been like months at months this point. Months and months. It's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, like the three that I kept saying were Home Alone 3, which we watched. Mm -hmm. Mouse Hunt. Mm -hmm. And now we have Baby's Day Out left. Which you will hate that one definitely the most. I'm absolutely sure of it. <laughs> but Mouse Hunt. Yes. Um, I loved it. With with uh we've covered we've covered some we watched some movies that recently of my favorites that yes. I'm like after watching, I was like, that wasn't as good as I remember it. But being, Mouse Hunt held up. Being uh the protector yeah. and Home Alone 3. Uh-huh. But this one is even better than I remember. <laughs> And that's like not even being ironic. I think this is generally a good movie. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's better than I expected. There are parts of this that are legitimately confusing because they're actually like artistic. Yes. Like uh, the moose head yes. crying before the <laughs> yes, flood. Yes, but what else? Um, All the shots in the interiors were actually You mean like cool. the mouse actually going through like the walls and things like that? Yeah, that was yeah, very Yeah, it was cool. really well done. And I don't know how they did all that with the camera stuff. It was like a David Fincher film. Yeah, I'm not exact. Yeah, it is very David Fincher. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure they did that. But I thought, and I know some of it is a CG mouse, and I think some of it is some sort of puppet animatronics type of thing. Sure, but they actually had a real a mouse. real mouse, and a I think he does a time. pretty good job. Like the mouse, the mouse is. I mean, it did. It did a pretty <laughs> good job. It did. <laughs> um, so, did you like it? Better, better than I thought. Um, I was surprised to see Nathan Lane. That's uh, who I was talking to you about because yes. I, I knew him from the Birdcage. I know him as Timon. Uh, right. I had no clue that he was Timon. You had no clue he was Timon? No, Dude, no. even if you, like, if you like close your eyes, you can just hear Timon. Yeah, I know. I, I just didn't put two and two together. But it, it was it was interesting to see him. He's not the only Lion King uh, cast member in this. Oh, no? No. Who's the other? Do you want to take a guess? No. <laughs> no? Okay. It's the uh, cat pound owner, dude. It, that's Pumbaa. Oh! <gasps> Shut yeah, up. yeah, it's Pumbaa. So You're that's Pumbaa and Timon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it, uh, but well, yeah, you can't have everything. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I want to start off by talking about the intro, which you didn't like. Uh, I well, absolutely <laughs> loved it. I loved your reaction to well, it. Well, yeah. So the movie <laughs> opens up with uh, this really like artsy quote, and it's. <laughs> A world without string would be it's chaos. chaos. No, it's chaos. It, it was chaos. Uh, and then it has like the little hyphen. And what is it? Like R Rupert Smuts, yeah. right? <laughs> I don't know. And I, I think it's Ralph Smuts. I don't know. What and I, I rolled my eyes because I was like, oh, God, is this trying to be artistic? But it's it's literally a character in the movie saying <laughs> that No, but quote. which character? The father. The yes. father of the string factory. <laughs> <laughs> he meant it literally. It's a string factory. It's Rudolph Smuts. It's Rudolph Smuts. Yeah. I'm laughing so hard because we just finished the movie. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It's uh, it's quite eventful, actually. I actually think the beginning is the weakest part of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. It takes about 20 minutes to kind of get going. Into the mouse hunt. Yes, into it's, the mouse hunt. Right. Um, did you like the brothers? <laughs> They, you know, it, it was interesting. It was an interesting casting choice for both of them, I think. Well, I like, they worked well together. Yes. One, they remind me of Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Very much so. Mm hmm Very goofy. Two, 
they kind of have like I like that they're different people. Like obviously Ernie is different than Lars. Yeah. Which you in these type of movies, it's always like, oh, they're just you can just swap like, it out. It's for like it. two goofballs, you know. And yeah, but it's also different like humor styles. Yeah. So I like that they're like, um, they're kind of like Ernie's kind of like the who cares all about the success, and Lars is more concerned about saving the family legacy and right. protecting the string factory and all that. Mm -hmm. You were rolling your eyes when you saw that it was a literal string factory. Yes, <laughs> that's like the first thing you see. That I love the the like the intro credit sequence with all the string factory. Yeah, that was shenanigans. That's interesting. <laughs> that, that's that's a lot of the movie. It's interesting. I'll say I'll, I'll say um, a lot was unimpressive. But um, like what? <laughs> like the general, I guess, movie. <laughs> I think the worst scene is uh, how Ernie gets fired from the restaurant with the cockroach. Yeah. Just because that cockroach doesn't look that good. Yeah. Especially compared to the uh, CG mice, which actually look confusing. And I'm pretty sure good. there's some CG cat in there as well. Yeah. With Catzilla. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I hope you're positively sure. <laughs> well, I, I know the box a bit, but I think even when the cat's running around, that's a lot of it is CG. Um, I think that um, that that's the weakest part because of the CG uh, cockroach. But also, it's just kind of... So the movie has this weird kind of out of time... Like, it's like a timeless look to it. Like some sort of vague between the like 18th. vintage, yeah, and like look. I don't know how to explain it. It's very unique. I like it. Yeah, and it's highlighted in the characters of the mayor, but also like that that house uh, buyer guy. I don't know how to explain it. Like some connoisseur of this of so basically the house that they that they've inherited from their dad is like some sort of like artsy architects <laughs> like missing. Like, masterpiece, uh -huh. and this guy wants to buy it. Uh -huh. But, like, his character is so unique. Like, even from the beginning when he's like, what was it? Oh, I need my glass of rainwater. But <laughs> and then he said, uh, vegetarian snack, like some dig <laughs> on vegetarians. That yes. feels very out of place. He, yeah, but this is, like, 98 or whatever. So it's, like, that's, like, it's this is ahead of his time. Yes, for sure. Except for the Japanese businessmen. Which this movie uh, also yes, has. you always talk about this. I don't. Well, I I have to point him out. It's a, it's a <laughs> '90s movie staple, and there are Japanese businessmen in this one. Did you think that uh, there was any scene that was like the best scene? Christopher Walken's 100%, introduction. One hundred percent. What did you think of him in this movie? Well, did you know he you knew he's going to be in this movie, right? Well, yeah, because he was in the credits, right? If it wasn't in the credits. Would have been way better. I think so, too. But, but his, his reveal of just like... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you want to explain what he does in the movie? So basically he's um, like a militant uh, exterminator. <laughs> and he has all of this like military gear with him. And the way that he's hunting for... But it's not even just like the look. It's like the way he acts is like he's in Viet Cong. Yeah. In territory. Like, yeah. Like, like Uber series. Yeah. And, and like I love that he's like... He's like... You've got some abestos. That's my Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, you've you got some abestos situation. But it's so over the top that you know that no, he it's, knows it's it, ridiculous. I don't think it's over the top. I think... Really? <laughs> no, because he plays it so seriously. It's like you actually believe that he's this like military exterminator. I think he does a great job of it. Especially when, when he's crawling through like the table and he finds like 
the poop and he the, eats it? No, that's too much for me. <laughs> yeah, you gagged a couple of times at this movie. Yeah, well, first of all, I hate bugs, and there was a cockroach <laughs> prominently featured. Yes. And then who, who the uh, poop jokes, you know, <laughs> I'm glad that trend is over, but rat poop, eating rat poop, that's too much. Did you like the mouse character? Um, as a character, I guess. <laughs> what, what? Oh, what, that actually, uh, I wanted to ask you, is this a sentient mouse, yes or no? I think so. You think so? No, because he's torturing Christopher Walken during that radio. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. And they said that they found the last owner locked up in a trunk, like, driven insane. That's true, yeah. I like the mouse a lot. I thought they did a great job characterizing it. Yeah, I guess he has his little tiny bedroom, too. That was cute. So, um, oh, yeah. Did you like that scene? Yeah. You like that like, mini little, like, I love the, like, Hawaiian poster he has. Like, it's like oh, yeah. a postcard, but and it's then, like a poster for And him. then the nail gun. The, all yeah, the that was the sad. That made me sad. Yeah, it made you feel sympathy for the rat. But the, but the rest of the time, I just want it to be dead. It just made me nervous. So you didn't like him because of, you wanted him to be dead? Well, I just wanted them to stop destroying the house. <laughs> but that was, like, the point. Yeah, I get it. So, Roger Ebert. Yes. Famous critic. Uh-huh. Did not like this movie. <gasps> You're kidding. And he has... It, th- you you, you want to know why? Go ahead. It wasn't the humor. Uh-huh. Well, it was that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but his main complaint was he didn't know if we are supposed to be rooting for the mouse or the brothers. Well, that's a fair... That's a very fair complaint. Yeah, it does feel like... Who are we supposed to feel sympathy for? I guess both. Why not? Why can't you feel sympathy for both characters? Yeah, it's a good question. Because obviously you want the brothers, like obviously you want the brothers to, um, you know, have their lives in order, but you also want the mouse to have his home undisturbed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I feel sympathy for for both uh, the mouse and the brothers. Did you like um, the dad telling them to keep that piece of string? I did. I You like that? Yeah. I'm surprised you did. I always appreciate... Well, the first thing is I always appreciate when old people in movies look really old. Yeah, he looks old. Yeah, like on the verge of death. Well, he died during this, this during the production. Yeah, so that's kind of... Yeah. But, but yes, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it called? I like that string thing. I didn't like that they kept kind of going back to it. I like that the mouse... They think that it, the mouse eats it. Well, so what happened? It didn't, or... Bulimic mouse, maybe. I mean, it just came. <laughs> it just came falling from the sky after. I guess. I love the ending. Yeah, I cannot believe they destroyed that house. No, like, no, no, not just that. Well, yeah, you mean that that shot of him like, this house is lasting forever, yeah. and then it like crumbles down. It looks great. Yeah, very it much, does. very much Dark Knight vibes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Joker in front of the hospital. <laughs> this was Dark Knight Cin- before Dark Knight. Cinematic parallels. Speaking of cinematic parallels, yes. Ratatouille. Uh, also, uh, Stuart Little. This is not a spinoff, though. I was going to mention Stuart Little. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because Nathan Lane, uh-huh. who plays Ernie. Yes? Yes. He's in Stuart Little. Shut up. One and two. <gasps> he plays the cat. He's in three mice movies in the 90s. If you count meerkats as rodents, they're not. But if you do, <laughs> then he's in four. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. What do you think of that? I think he... Was typecast. Bravo Lane. <laughs> Bravo Lane. Um, Ratatouille, cinematic parallels. Yes. The ending. Uh-huh. Genius. I don't care what anybody says. That is a brilliant ending. That's one of my favorite endings of all time. Honestly, I <laughs> got legitimately mad at you because it was actually clever. And I It's a really that. good ending. It I is. really like it. And the fact that it it becomes yeah. both of their interests. Exactly. You know? it, I, I was telling Brett that 
it it takes Ernie wants to become a world-class chef and Lars wants to continue the family's strange business. So the mouse comes up with this idea. Again, sentient mouse. Uh, yes, yes, if you believe that. Um, he comes up with this idea of turning the string factory into a string cheese factory. Which is <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Which is brilliant. <laughs> this is a fantastic movie. <laughs> There's a scene where there are over 800 mousetraps set. I was going to ask, do you know that, how they did that? For that sequence, I do know how they did that one. Okay, give it to There's me. There's not a lot of behind the scenes for this. Oh, yeah. So, but I wish there was. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know, if, have you seen Panic Room? Uh, yes. Yeah. David Fincher does a lot of those uh, in between cracks of walls. Yes. And <laughs> he's got kind of an obsession for them. Yeah. But there's a lot of behind the scenes for Panic Room, so we know how he did it. Right. Um, there's not a lot of that for this. Mm-hmm. But for that uh, mouse trap sequence, there's over 800 of them. And they, ha- they had to reset the traps every single time. They did multiple takes. I don't know how many, but they did multiple takes. Wow. And it's, it was rigged to where it does that like wave right, effect. Right, right. I think it looks really good. It I does. Mean, I like that scene a lot. Just in execution, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. This is one of those movies that it has a good concept, but I think it could have easily been forgettable garbage. But I think, because Gore Verminsky directed this. Yes. And I think he turned it into something really special. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I mean, it didn't change my life. Okay, it kind of did, but... (laughs) (laughs) So what movies has he done since? Um, So he did it. So this is his debut. Oh, okay. Okay. He did a movie called The Mexican. Oh, is he? No. Oh. Starring famous Mexican actor. Yes. Bradley Pitt. Oh. (laughs) Who's not Mexican. (laughs) Right. I don't know what the movie's about. But probably not. But it looks pretty bad. Okay. Like just from like stills. Well, everyone has a sophomore slump. Right. But then his next movie was... Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. <gasps> wow. Which I consider... That's my favorite. I think Pirates of the Caribbean is a masterpiece. The first one. I know you do. But what's even crazier, Brett? Yes. I consider the second one masterpiece-er. <laughs> it's better. I think it's, be- it's a better movie. Oh, yeah. I think it takes everything about the first one and dials it into a better... Because they don't have to spend time characterizing... This is Jack Sparrow, and this is Will Turner, and this is right. Elizabeth Swan. They can just go on an adventure. Exactly. Right but also, I always say this, Jack Sparrow is the supporting character in those films. Uh-huh. He's not the main character. Uh-huh. Will Turner is the main character. Right. And at this point in the series, they knew that. They stuck by that. By the third one, it kind of gets kind of like, okay, Will and Jack are the protagonists, and then by the fourth one, they completely lose all sense of what made it special and, and Jack's just a protagonist. Right. But I think the second one, I love Davy Jones. I love the design of the ships. The, just the whole vibe that it gives me. The Kraken scenes. All that was just put together. I think Verbinski has a really good understanding of, and I think this is very important for someone like him, of CG interacting with the the onset stuff, the stuff that you see. Which there was a fair amount of in Mouse. Exactly. Right? They have scenes like the cat bumps, the CG cat in the box bumps into the ladder and yeah. you see the ladder move. Mm-hmm. When they were doing Jurassic Park, they were very aware that this was something that they needed to take account for, which is why you see when the T-Rex uh, is stomping around, you see like splashes in the water. Right. Or like the car shakes or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it just adds that layer of believability. I think a lot of bad CG is 
bad lighting, first off, bad shadows, and then bad like gravity physics. Interaction with exactly. the real world. With um and then Verbinski also did the ring. <gasps> the the American remake. The American remake. Wow. Which okay. I've never seen. Have you seen it? No, I have not I haven't seen it. I've heard very good things about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he started off the Japanese horror remake trend. Yeah. That's crazy. And then he did another movie that's very dear to my heart that I hope we can cover soon. Rango? Rango. Which I do love. I, I do love seen Rango. It in too long. One of my favorite things about Rango is have you seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? No. Okay, so Johnny Depp's in that, right? Yes. Gore Verbinski and Johnny Depp, they work a lot together. Uh-huh. Um, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is a Terry Gilliam film. Right. Uh, Depp is wearing like this Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. That's the same shirt that Rango wears. Oh, I love it. Because it begins in the beginning of a desert, yeah. just like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does another movie, which I thought was fantastic. And I saw it in theaters, and I remember thinking, well, people have to love this, right? Nobody loved it except for me, which was Lone Ranger. The, re- huh. the remake. Um, I thought the movie was really good. I thought the action was very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, you know, with... Yes, Depp plays a, a Sparrow-esque character, but there were other aspects that I enjoyed about the film. But I haven't seen A Cure for Wellness. I heard it sucked. I heard a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. But which I think... Is, that was I th- a big shift. But his career too. so far, I think, has been fantastic. That's yeah. a fantastic resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just... Love this movie? I love this movie, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's so much about it that I think is... You said in Home Alone that you this is a type of movie that doesn't exist anymore. This is also one of those. It's, it, you don't see these movies anymore. Yeah. But this is just so, like, imaginative and original, and it's just fun. Like, you you genuinely laughed in this. I saw you laughing. Yes, I'll give you that one. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting that this seems like, as far as the concept goes, something that's low risk and low budget comparatively, you know. So I wonder why these original IPs aren't being made anymore, you know? I think if this movie was to come out today, it would go straight to streaming. But why? I have no Is it just a market change? I was thinking about this earlier this week. Did you watch Spotlight? No. You know what it is? Yes. Yeah. The director of that movie has another movie coming out. Uh Uh-huh. Straight to Disney Plus. Uh Uh-huh. And it's called... I forgot what it's called. (laughs) But it's about um, this kid who is, like, doing detective work in his neighborhood... But he imagines that there's a polar bear that is doing this with him. And it's like a CG polar bear that they've like, huh. it, it's, it looks pretty good. Okay. It's the same guy from Spotlight. Interesting career Change. shift. Yeah. I mean, I can respect it. I love when directors do that. Sure. But like, I'm like, that movie looks interesting. I would watch that in theaters. But they don't even give you the opportunity to watch stuff like that in theaters anymore. It goes straight to streaming. When I think about kids' movies in theaters, first of all, it seems like the market is way more bottlenecked than it was when we were kids. Right. And also, it seems like the only kids' movies coming out are animated. Do you feel that? Yes, but I also feel like there's a lot of, like, the Nutcracker. But that's not... (sighs) Is that not aimed towards kids? I mean... Who's the audience for that? No one. No one (laughs) wanted to see Nutcracker. Or or, uh, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, but but again, that, that seemed like a failed experiment. You know, it seems like I, I, an I don't oddity. know. You're like right. There are oddity. not a lot of. They're either animated or they're like horrible, terrible movies. Yeah, I, you're right. I can't think of a memorable kids movie that isn't animated. And it's 
kind of a tragedy for animation too because if the only kids movies are that are decent are animated then that means that if you're making an animated movie the chances are you're going to have to orient it towards kids i want to bring up something with you uh about mouse hunt okay how i saw this film yes <laughs> i'm pretty sure i saw it on cartoon network oh but it was a different time period because you couldn't choose what you were watching mm -hmm. cartoon network just aired it and you just watched it yeah that element is missing from streaming and that's a you can argue obviously it's a good thing right because you have choice right but then you miss things like this there's not an element of discovery exactly there is like to an extent mm -hmm. but not like to the point where like like the poster for this doesn't look great right you've seen it right but no one would watch that if they saw that cover yeah it's a goofy poster and i don't think it, it portrays the film how it how it is like the the tone and you know there's a little bit of like you know erotic suggestion in this film oh there is yeah um and actually is it okay if i talk about this it's up to you it's interesting to me yeah that in the two most climactic uh presentations of destruction in this movie are caused by very phallic objects the shotgun which is exaggerated in length and then the hose you know the shotgun causes a giant explosion in the floor and the hose causes a giant flood that ends up bursting out of the house very uh uh there's some homoerotic undertones in this don't you don't you agree uh no but he shoved <laughs> his hands down that woman's breasts and then the other guy did too but and, but and also it's immediately was... followed by him shoving his hand in a man's in in the in his brother's pants. That's true. You well, one I mean? of the brothers was naked in the movie. Th that's true. Did you like that scene? Yeah, that was one of, one of my favorites. <laughs> I talk about like with the string undoing his. Oh yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, the uh, one that I found real satisfying, was the um, uh, going through the string factory in the beginning, and then like uh, it getting clogged up. Yeah. You know that was real satisfying. The it, editing was good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that is it's kind of like, um, you know, the animated sequence, the Pixar sequence with um, the old man fixing up Woody and he's like painting. his Yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's yeah, just like satisfying You're... in a real neat little way. Um, yeah. the the score. Yes. Did you find it worthy of mention? Or... No, I mean, it, I thought it was. It's just like any other 90s score to me. Maybe no, no. It, it reminds me of 90s uh, like Tom and Jerry type of. I don't know, like like those old cartoons that where you don't need dialogue, like Pink Panther. And well, there's the moment where when Catzilla is chasing the mouse and they go inside the piano and then like yes, the the piano it like becomes a kind of a part of the music. Yes, stuff like that. I, I can like really that. appreciate the the composer is Alan uh, Silvestri, I think his name is. Uh huh. Um, he went on. Uh, he did like I think Back to the Future. Oh, but wow. He went on to do the Avengers score. Right, which yeah. is crazy. He must be rich now. I'd have no clue. I, I'm not sure about composer pay. <laughs> but uh, what's it called? I just thought it's... I, I love seeing people's earlier work. Or not, I mean, this is not his early work. But Oh, uh, yeah. On that note, um, Birdcage, which Nathan Lane is also in, right. was shot by Emmanuel Lubezki. Okay. Academy Award winning Emmanuel Lubezki. For what? He, he works with Inuritu and uh, Caron. Oh. Um, He's Mexican? Yeah. He did Birdman. He did The Revenant, I think. Oh, the cinematographer. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. I but don't yeah, know. I thought the cinematographer work. for Mouse Hunt was also, he did a pretty good job. Or she. Yeah. Would, I mean, would, again, like whoever did the David Fincher-esque shots in the interior. Yeah, they did. I mean, but even like, I think even just normal, 
the things that you don't even think about. Yeah. That's important yeah. because you're not supposed to be thinking about that. You're supposed to be focused on the dialogue and the acting and, and other things, right? The other thing, um, the destruction of the house, it kind of reminded me of Zathura a little bit. Yes. I, I like it when they do these, like sort of like the house falling apart together. It's real satisfying. Um, the house, did you like the house as a setting? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was a dusty It's better house. than like the indie film houses. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. But also, I don't know if you remember, Pirates of the Caribbean wasn't the first theme park uh, movie attempt. Oh, yeah. Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy is one of them. <gasps> and as much as people don't like that movie. <laughs> right. I really like the mansion design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful set. That's the only reason I watch that movie is for that set. Hmm. It's it's very similar to the Adams Family Mansion, which I also love. That's a beautiful set as well. Hmm. You don't really get those sets anymore. Brett, which brother did you think was funnier? Um, I'm biased towards Nathan Lane. Um, you didn't like Lars? Yeah, he was good. I, I haven't seen him in anything else of you. No, I, I didn't know who that was. That's what I was saying. It, it, it was an interesting casting call, but I liked it. They had a good I thought, chemistry I thought, Yeah, I thought he... Played it good for what his character was supposed to be like. Yeah. Kind of, he was kind of squirmish. Like he's scared of mice, and he kind of like jumps up on the chair. The cross dressing was a highlight. <laughs> yeah. So what did you? What would you rate this? Oh God. Um, it's like a six or seven. I enjoyed it. This is probably my favorite uh, '90s movie that we've seen or ever that we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> of the two okay <laughs> okay but that's good that has merit it's yeah, better, yeah. it was better than home alone three <laughs> but was that a high standard to be um gosh, it was home alone three it's the best home alone is it because the painting of the father changes expressions that is one of the reasons why i like it yes that's one of the reasons i really like this movie too i thought that was a cool concept little touches i know you appreciate little touches like that yeah. especially in movies like this where yes there's not maybe as much room for little touches like that. Well, there's not a lot of like, no, actually, I was going to say that there's not that many like secondary characters. There are. Yeah. They're there. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, they're not like prevalent mm -hmm. in the film because yeah. you're focused on the mouse and the brothers. Yeah. Gotcha. But I don't know. I, I really like this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly suggest this. I fairly suggest this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I highly suggest it. <laughs> So yeah, Mouse Hunt, uh, 1997, Gore Verbinski, good stuff. Good stuff. Sal, I'll see you next time. <laughs>